Welcome back to another episode of the Hatchets Weekly News Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm Alec Gritch. So last week, the Hatchet reported that the number of students participating in the Interfraternity Council's virtual form of recruitment period this year had dropped by more than 50% compared to 2020 recruitment, or in other words, 107 students this year compared to 190 last year. The sharp decline also marked the second year in a row that formal fraternity recruitment had dropped. On the sorority side, the Hatchet noticed similar trends, as we reported that late in late January, about 275 students had participated in the Panhellenic Association's recruitment this year, which marked a nearly 20% drop compared to last year. Last year, participation in informal sorority recruitment was also the lowest reported in 10 years, which prompted chapters to hold informal recruitment sessions and attempt to gain new members. Now, there were obviously virtual measures implemented this year, which had a major impact on those numbers. And we've heard from Greek leaders that these smaller numbers actually enhance community building amongst new recruits. However, it's also important to note that the declining trends on both the sorority and fraternity sides come on the heels of recent recent incidents at GW within various Greek orgs, the targeting of various Greek organizations by the university as the root of coronavirus breakouts, and a broader national dialogue about the merits of Greek life. We'll get into that discussion shortly, but first, for some context on this year's recruitment process, I spoke with the Hatch's assistant news editor for student life, Tiffany Garcia. So on both the sorority and fraternity side, how did students adapt to the virtual recruiting environment this spring? Sorority leaders we talked to said was they changed everything to Zoom. Specifically, they had large Zoom channels provided by the university. In one room, for example, sorority during sorority recruitment, it was sorority president, um, the recruitment chair was working there. And so any president who had a question or anybody who had a concern or was experiencing difficulty could attend that little break room and ask questions. So that was one of the things they were doing to try to battle um, any kind of glitches that could come up. Additionally, they mentioned that they did do smaller breakout rooms and they shortened the days that they used to have. So in the past, formal recruitment on campus for sorority chapters was all day. It was a whole week long process. This year, they wanted to make sure that they weren't overloading students um, or making them feel overwhelmed by being on Zoom all day. So they shortened the days, cut them down, and made them more intentional, therefore having conversations about chapter wants is looking for in students, what students are looking for in each chapter to make sure that they look like a best, like a better fit. And you kind of talked about this idea of, and chapter leaders have also mentioned this, that the fact that small recruitment numbers have allowed them to foster stronger relations with some of the new recruits. So can you talk about that in terms of what the Hatchet's reporting tells us? Yeah, so a lot of um, specifically um, fraternity Greek life members talked about how it benefited them this year to see such a large drop because when you're working virtually, you're not able to really see a person's behavior, their mannerisms, you're only seeing what they're presenting on their screen. And so working closely, working on those one-on-ones, um, a lot of the leaders that we were talking to mentioned that they were able to then more in-depth questions to be able to actually see and learn about their passions, their goals, like I mentioned before. They also um, were able to then make sure that the students that were going through recruitment didn't lose interest and did follow through and accept a, bail, a bid once they were offered one. They said that that was kind of an issue um, that they had concerns about because a lot of the people leaders didn't really think that they were going to get very large numbers of participants going through recruitment this year because of the virtual environment. Yeah, so on that front, about 275 students participated in sorority recruitment this year, which you reported in late January, and 
But last February, the Hatchet reported that less than 350 students had participated in formal sorority recruitment, which marked a low point in a trend that had continued over the past several years before that. So how has sorority leadership kind of responded to that decline? Sorority leadership told us that a lot of the efforts that they were making this year was first eliminating the credit requirement that pre in the past had been put in place so that all students who went through recruitment had at least one semester's worth of credits. They did that in order to make sure that any student, even if they took the semester off during the fall, was still able to participate. Another thing they did, they said, is they utilized social media specifically in order to get their name out there. They said that it was a lot of posting, a lot of extending deadlines and having meetings with anybody who was interested in learning more or had hesitations about the recruitment process before going through it because um, they were kind of responding to that decline that has been going on through the last few years. And do you get the sense that, I mean, you kind of mentioned the fact that you know, Greek life leaders see the coronavirus as the sole explanation for these kinds of declines in recruitment numbers, or do you think other factors might be involved as well, be it some of the recent racist incidents in the past or some of the additional concerns about Greek life that have kind of been mirrored at the national level? That's a great question. Um, when we did talk to the leaders during our reporting, a lot of the reasons that they did give for the drop in numbers was the pandemic and was the lack of presence that they had on campus. Last year, when we reported on um, the Greek on sorority Greek life dropping, experts did mention that racial incidents, you know, any kinds of complications that come up or controversies within chapters does deter students from wanting to join and participate in recruitment. So that's something that they had talked about on background in the past. This year, however, specific chapters, for example, TKE did go to national training in order to specifically talk about um, coronavirus response and how to build up recruitment numbers. And the president of that chapter mentioned that that was something they were going to continue in the next few years in order to build up numbers from where they were um, because that chapter was has only been on campus for a few years. Tiffany, thanks so much. Thank you. I next spoke with a familiar guest on this podcast when it comes to issues surrounding Greek life, Professor Peter Lake. He was the Charles Dana Chair and Director of the Center for Excellence in Higher Education Law and Policy at Stetson University. Lake and I discussed whether the pandemic might mark a turning point in terms of the future of Greek life and what Greek orgs like those at GW can do to improve their prospects moving forward. Great. Peter, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it's great to see you, Alec. Thanks for having me back. Of course. So first, I want to address the fact that we've seen strong declines in both sorority and fraternity recruitment numbers at GW over the last few years. But this year, sorority recruitment numbers dipped below 300 students, while fraternity recruitment numbers barely passed 100 students. So what do you think might explain such steep declines? Alec, there could be a lot of different things going on simultaneously, and some of it <clears throat> may well be COVID-related impact, which itself, I think, has complex dimensions to it. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of unusual behavior among student populations, you know, choosing to live at home or off campus or being towards one type of housing and away from another. And it's it's not clear that these are long-term trends. It may just be a series of individual choices trying to cope with reality. Um, and, you know, one simple explanation might be that a number of people are thinking, I, I want to I be home or I want to be at my own apartment off campus. And not looking at a group living situation. It, it also could be that 
organized Greek life has been a little bit of a visible target for gatherings that violate campus rules for COVID compliance. And some people may be thinking, I just don't want to join the herd that's being targeted by the lions. Um, and it, it isn't as if the gatherings are exclusively Greek, but it's just it's just a lot easier to identify a registered student organization and a function that's associated with that group than sort of unaffiliated large gatherings. So, you know, I think about a, a Super Bowl party in Tampa that's not Greek related, but boy, if it's if something is hosted by a Greek group, Tushin can more visibly see that and has someone to you know, to go after essentially, not just as an individual, but as a group. And so I'm, I'm wondering if some people are thinking that target right now, and it's best to take a little time off and maybe return to the system. But it, <clears throat> it also could be long-term trends, Alec, that Asian students are drifting away from Greek life. Right. So you have this kind of compounding of factors between the virtual recruitment environment that we just had and some of the, the other factors that you just mentioned in terms of Greek orbs being a target for you know, the institution looking at them in terms of uh, COVID cases. And of course, GW has a recent history of racist incidents surrounding certain Greek chapters. And as you mentioned, this national dialogue around Greek life in general. But on the flip side of that, I guess my question is what can kind of be done to strengthen Greek life in general? You know, what has worked in the past at, at different institutions and especially for a school like GW, which you mentioned isn't uh, necessarily um, as Greek centered um, or Greek-centric, you know, how do you think uh, GW's Greek orgs can go about addressing that? When you look at the long history of Greek life, the most successful periods in Greek life have been when Greeks have strong alignment with institutional mission, values, and culture, which frankly was most of the history of Greek life, you know, from the 1800s to late 20th century. And where things seem to deviate is when we saw some sort of cultural incongruities that were occurring. Colleges were dealing, for example, in the late 80s and 90s with the rise of high-risk alcohol culture and the lack of um, commitment to that kind of culture by institutions. And it, I think it drove a wedge. And more recently, I think there's been the, the cultural affinities of groups. And, you know, whether, and I'm just going to say this, but I think sometimes the Greek units are perceived as being a little more red and they may be existing in a more blue to purple environment and i think that's been kind of a persistent challenge in recent times is those kind of uh, divisions and, and finding a way but when i get inside greek culture what i find is as you get smaller and more focused on mission and the actual values of the institution, you see the resonance really start to come forward. And I've been, you know, over the years, I've, I've been an advocate for a lot of Greek groups. I feel that uh, in many campuses, they provide quality housing, uh, safe learning environment, support, values, tradition, legacy. Uh, they can be indispensable in some cases for first-generation learners. Um, I've, I've noticed that that often is a lifeboat for people who don't have a long family legacy in higher education, and they have a chance to be around people who may have that kind of connection. And so I would say to the modern Greeks, you know, as you go forward to, to thrive, not just survive, 
is to find a way back into the mainstream of the values and missions of the institution, focus on social justice initiatives, be realistic about how campus values intersect with yours, and then claim what made Greeks great in the first place, which is articulated values and, and importantly, living those values and demonstrating that. If I were a Greek leader, I would make a real point of making sure my community knew positive contributions I was making to the campus and community. Peter, thanks so much. Alec, thank you. Gang to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwen Miller. 